Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome once again to episode 5 of Vi25 Podcast. Woo! Awesome! <laughs> I am so happy Round of applause. to have uh, amazing three people here who are completely different in every way, but share one thing and that's dance. And today the topic is the show must go on the show must go on the injured dancer so we're speaking all about injuries um it, it could be physical it could be mental uh it could be a progressive disease whatever this injury has affected you or however it's affected you we're going to speak about that today so we're going to break it down but of course we're going to start with i call it a quote pull because you normally pull a quote but we're not going to do that today we're going to speak about your mantra so, yes, guys, tell me about your mantra. And, of course, we're not going to introduce them yet. They're going to introduce themselves. But I just want to do, like, a quick, like, speed round dance by 25 thing. So, Gina, tell me about your mantra in life. My mantra in life, I would say, is what are you waiting for? Hmm. Would be my mantra in life, and that's just self-explanatory in terms of never to kind of rely on your current situation or how you're feeling right then. You know, just always be on top of getting your life, um, whatever you want in your life, together as soon as you possibly can. So, no whole Yeah, what are you waiting for? Especially for me, has been very true because. As we talk about it later, I don't know if we're talking about it now. I don't know. If you goes. want, it's free um, But you know, when I when I started dancing, um, I I started to notice things about my body that was changing. I had like memorization problems. I had problems like recounting things, which is still what happens to this day. And then I felt like, oh, I can't do certain things. I I can't memorize certain things. And as a dancer, I was like death like yeah especially the audition to, process you catch on quickly and, and mm-hmm. then the type of school i went to it was very prestigious and i was just like oh my god i'm I, like falling apart and then i what i had to realize eventually when i found out what the issue was which, which was, we got there, yeah, there later <laughs> i realized that i couldn't like live my i had to just continue living my life as if i didn't have a leader i had to do it now. Do it now. So wow. everything I do in life, like when I wake up, it's like, what are you waiting for? What, what did you, do you really, really wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Do it exactly then. Don't wait until all the stars align and everything is perfect. So that's mm. what it is. Don't be perfect. Just do it. it. Yeah, just do it. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, Jay. <laughs> I actually tattooed mine on my arm a few awesome. years ago. So it's explore, challenge, create explore challenge create and like i just put it there so it was always a reminder no matter what situation i was in explore challenge create awesome yeah. mine is lose your mind and come to your senses so um as a psychology major fritz pearls was like a high up psychology um say psychologist and he was saying lose your mind and come to your senses which is very similar to yours mm-hmm. so just forget about everything Come out your mind, come out your head, and just come into your body, which is your senses, and just do it. So, yeah. Uh, mine is more process-driven, I think. I'm not remembering the person, but it was something I learned when I was engaging with the Fagan dance technique. Mm-hmm. In York. It's called Discipline is Freedom. The idea being that the more you get involved in process, when it's time to really perform, you can just let all of that go mm-hmm. and be you. So the idea of go to go through the process, really, really get involved in the process. Mm-hmm. But when you get a chance then to create and perform, then you just let all that go. Mm-hmm. And free. Okay. Which is, everybody's yeah. is quite similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so let's go through to the next session, which is this or that. So jumps or turns? Ah, jumps. Turns. <laughs> Turns. If in doubt, turn. Jumping turns. Can <laughs> I say that? Jumping turns. Okay, sis. That's a first. We never had jumping turns. Okay. Um, I'm going to say jumps, though. Jumps. Jump. If I have to choose one, I'm going to say jumps. Okay. Locomotive movements across the floor or bar work? Across the floor. 
Across the floor. <laughs> Across the floor. Bar work is a, is a bar work is okay. Work. Yeah. You know? Okay. It's like you to get move. yourself together. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our next one is solos, duets, trios are a group piece. Yes. 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 I'm trying to think of a one. Um hmm. Wait, what? We have to choose one? Context. You yeah. Into context. Context. Okay, so uh, if it were, um, say, Nifka. That was a lot of pressure. So if it was Nifka, what would you prefer? What was their ideal performance that you think you would aim go a lot if you were to do? Um, I think that's it. I really never dance for goal. I just dance. Because, oh, okay, yeah, cool. So oh, I'm trying to think if I... I feel like if you have a solo, it can be a lot more pressure depending on the solo. Like, it, who did somebody put the solo on you? Are you trying to execute their vision? Hmm. That, to me, is more pressure than, like, a group piece because a group piece is more synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what if the, the solo was a freestyle? I don't mind, you know? That'd be perfect for me. You like a freestyle? You like a free dance all, all day, freestyle? All any any um, genre. Okay. Freestyle all day. <laughs> I nice. just like people giving me something. I don't know if I yeah. I don't know if I necessarily like making up my own thing all the time. You also have to do it. People looking at you and having a perception of what you do rather than listening. Oh, we we talked about that before. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's why Nifka and that you know those competition things become problematic. Yeah, Yeah. because people have a certain aesthetic that they either think you are or or want you. Yeah, want you to have. Okay, (laughs) next one. Um, (laughs) Let's skip away Um, from Nifka. Jazz shoes or jazz sneakers? Just sneakers. sneakers sneakers really okay. yeah you got cushion for your okay but then when you want point you know you get the ones with the but i don't like a point in a jazz sneaker well, you need to get you need to get you need the sneaker. good one <laughs> you get if you get one of those like block has some yeah, nice yeah, ones and yeah. they have a They're big evolving. space i mean you point you evolving. see everything and actually your foot looks better in the sneaker like you have a bigger arch okay cool next one last one uh, would you prefer leotard, like a capizio leotard, or a big t-shirt and like some shorts? What would you prefer to to dance in a class in? So, I like a leotard. I like um, to look at my legs. John, do you wear leotards? In my day, <laughs> Does he? You used to wear. Yeah, we like to see our bodies in motion, and t-shirts don't do it. Yeah, okay. Sports bra and shorts. Sports bra and shorts. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm going like leotard. Yeah. <laughs> when are you going t-shirt? I like to yeah. see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So leotard. Body has to be. In, you know, I have to see the body. Awesome. Yeah. The other group, they said t-shirt. Yeah, like you think so. Big t-shirt. I think it I depends. Some people like to be more comfortable or they feel like they're more warm because mm-hmm. they have all of those layers. But I just got to see what is happening. <laughs> 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 all right. Next one. So this segment is called No Matter What. So basically, I'm going to give you a sentence and the end of the sentence, you will say no matter what. So for example... The question is, when performing, always dot, 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 no matter what. So for me, when performing, I always smile or have eye contact, no matter what. Or I, when I don't turn, <laughs> no matter what. You know what I mean? So, Jay, when performing, always dot, 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 no matter what. When performing, always give it your all, no matter what. Ooh. Once you're on that stage, you're just doing it, not not thinking about anything else, just going at what it is you're doing. Cool. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when performing, always be over prepared. Ooh. No matter what. Oh, what's over prepared? Like what you was over prepared for me is that I have to know. My in order for me to enjoy and let rip, I have to feel comfortable with having the choreography and the steps and the spacing. So I have to be able to be. I have to be over prepared in that way. It's also because of MS and things can go wrong. But mm. I also have to be prepared in the moment for anything that might happen. So if I go in over prepared, I'm not surprised if somebody falls down in the middle of it or something goes awry with spacing or something like that. I can still stay. 
in the moment and in the character. So what's your preparation kit? Like, so it's a mental p- preparation, all right, having stuff on. So say you're asthmatic, which you might not be, but right. it, you have your inhaler at the side. What's your preparation? Well, I think my preparation, obviously, you know, you do have to warm up your body. Um, you do mentally I have to go over the, the choreography in my head. If I have access to the music, or the counts, I definitely will do that kind mm. of obsessively before a performance just because it helps to solidify it. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly warming up, making sure I go over the choreography, especially a part that I feel like I'm not really 100% clear on, um, and like think about the intention. So I think it's more mental for me. I mm. do have to warm up, obviously, physically, but I think it's more that repetition in my mind of like, so that then when I go on stage, I can just perform and let everything rip because I know it in my body mm-hmm. and my mind already. So, yeah, that's what. Cool. Yeah. What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> John's on note. So, when performing, actually, I'm going to switch it up for you. Thank you. Um, in my choreography, there must be a dot, 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 no matter what. In my choreography, there must be. A moment of calm. Because mm, you want the audience to be able to have a palette from which they can take your information. Mm-hmm. So if you give them a lot of movement, they're going to be like... Confused. Yeah. I mean, that could also... Confused. But I mean, yeah. the calm helps reinforce the information that you're trying to share with them. So mm, there must be a moment of calm. Yeah. Or moments of calm. Stillness. Or stillness. Which is, which is something dancers don't like to do, but... It is one of the most poignant things you could do in a choreography. That's true. It's true. Okay, on my ways, and anybody can answer this one. On my ways and audition, I will do dot, 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 no matter what. On my way to an audition, I will do dot, 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 no matter what. (laughs) On my way to an audition, I will listen to my favorite song. In my head to calm me down or to get keep me focused no matter what i always have to like because i get distracted and like in my head so i need like music to like when i'm walking into the audition to just drown everything out so yeah that's what i'll do listen to music go <laughs> she was thinking about it I stole my one <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, sure that I like to be in my own zone Especially if you're walking into audition and Girls got their legs behind All their head and stuff. I, just, I always just like to be in my own zone Get my body ready for how I know I need to prepare it mm-hmm. And yeah Cool last one In my dance really? dun, dun, dun. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> So on my way to audition, I like to to do a lot of research about the choreographer and what their aesthetic Ah. is, Mm. so that I can develop on the skills that I think that would make that choreographer consider me for the role. Okay, Uh, I don't think I ever did that. That's a good tip. No, for that, it's true. That's Mm. a good one. Um, In my dance bag, I must have dot dot dot, no matter what. You have to have your bombs and your pills. Painkillers. Painkillers. Okay, cool. Darabands, I feel like. I usually have a Darabands. And when I was doing ballet auditions, Gotta have the stuff for your toes. Because if you forget your toe pads, woo, I had to do that without the toe pads. And let me tell you, not cute. <laughs> After class, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good luck. <laughs> and not make spray. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to go into the meat of the matter. So I'm going to go back to what we explained in the beginning, having injuries. So for me, example, the reason why I, I thought about this is because I had a small injury last year 2019 during the crop over season when i was dancing and i was doing this like lift and you know i'm a thick girl so i don't know if he was ready for this sugar and (laughs) (laughs) i fell directly on my knee from really high on concrete 
and it hurt me it was horrible like it was just i didn't think that you know i would ever experience something like that and from then on um i don't think that i actually took care of myself if i'm quite honest the way i should in terms of my rehabilitation process um my knee is better now but when I wear heels, which I love to wear heels, I feel pressure. When I jump, I feel pressure. When I turn, I feel pressure. And from then on, like, I've never danced the same because I'm so afraid that I will hurt my knee again. I don't think there's nothing is wrong with it, no, but I'm so afraid. You did afraid. physiotherapy and stuff? Or you no, I, as I said, I didn't do the correct re- rehabilitation oh. process to go back to where I was. And I could be fully, like, honest and say, I just don't know, like, what to do next. Yeah, I know I can still go. So, um, from then on, I was just so afraid to, like, be that extra dancer, like, what I'm normally, who I normally am, because I'm afraid that, you know, my knee can drop out and they get bleed and they get be all on the floor and everybody can be running to me on stage and, like, this whole dramatic thing. (laughs) So, I was like, you know what? I need to talk to people. That have injuries, and John was the first person that came to me because hey. you know <laughs> my whole life is not all about me. <laughs> yeah, but it was just like you know, how do we like pivot around an injury? Literally pivot around an injury. So I asked um, the question on Instagram first, a poll, and quite a few people gave me their responses. And <clears throat> one person said uh, it definitely changed my entire life trajectory. Um, Another person said, during the lockdown slash quarantine period in Barbados, I started dancing and took a couple of online dance classes. Oops, wrong one. (laughs) That was, that was, she telling me what she let me classes. Okay, next one. (laughs) Next one is, um, gave up the sport. So I asked for dance and sports. Sports, So she's a volleyball player. She said she gave up the sport truthfully. She loves it. But it doesn't pay enough, and it can't pay for her surgery. So she just kept her distance from playing sport all over again. Wow. Last person said, um, I got injured, and it still affects me almost every day. This person is actually a videographer, a filmmaker, and it affects him in film. Um, I got injured, and, I still, and it still affects me almost every day. It really upsets me that I can't really run. I don't know if he has to run behind people with the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another person said, chipped a bone in my, and she's a teacher, chipped a bone in my ankle, caused me to stop going to the gym, gain a lot of weight, develop back pains, started therapy, aggravated the injury, really visited the gym, and I'm unhappy with my body now. Mm. So it's just... Um, there's a common thread. Everybody yeah. doesn't feel safe with their body after the injury. Right. So with that said, let's go into detail. So you can all now introduce yourselves. I all know you in different ways. And as you introduce yourself, you can speak about your injuries slash injuries. Um, if you currently have an injury and if you did have an injury and how did it affect you and how did the injury happen, if you want to explain that in detail. So let's start with you, John. Ta-da. <laughs> All right. So um, yeah. I've been, as a dancer, I've been dancing from the time I was 17. Um, That's ages ago, boy. <laughs> I, yeah, none of y'all were thought about then. Oh, <laughs> But at the time, I was actually focused on other career, but dance took over. Um, so I would have danced for... 15, 20 years, and in those 15 and 20 years of dancing, because um, you would have been injured from time to time, and sometimes it would be slight, right? And you would know to, to what is it? Rest, right? So ice, ice, elevate, stabilize, right? Those things. But then there were some that were fairly serious, and of course there was the pressure to perform. So I remember one time having a serious back injury, and I couldn't feel my back. The choreographer is saying, well, you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Mm. You have to make a choice, right? The non-choice so, of course, choice. you numb out, <laughs> and you go on stage, and somehow you get through the performance because your adrenaline is running. And then for months after, you were like, can't walk, right? Yeah. So looking back, because then, or then there's the time when, you know, the life of a dancer is about youth and 
things. So I'm yeah. reaching into my 30s and 40s now, and maybe I should be thinking about doing less. But I'm like on this high, right? So I'm going through it, and these things are happening. And my body is beginning to feel it. I'm not getting the flexibility or the coordination that once are mm. once did. And the other thing that I kept doing as a choreographer, which is very interesting, that we would create dances that my body could do really well. Uh. <laughs> and people would say like, "How oh, interesting is that?" And I'm saying, "So uh. is that like what Martha Graham did?" Yeah. <laughs> But, but anyway, pretty much. So after a while, it got to a point where I could no longer pretend that something was wasn't happening. Mm. But by that time, I had found out because um, it, it, it affected my hips and my back in particular. That mm. the time for me to have any kind of rehab in terms of reconstructing cartilage in the joints or 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 even resting for them to restore that had gone because the wow. amount of there was no no synovial fluid left oh, wow. it was just bone Ooh. rubbing on rubbing bone, on bone. and oh. they were created it was creating a nice little powder <laughs> oh. yeah yeah so like what would ha- what be a normal hip socket from what i understood was just one flat flat piece because I, I wanted to get that leg up, I wanted to get that stretch, I wanted, and I, I made my mind. And the other thing that I did with my mind, which is very interesting, is that I was able to block out mm. the part of that pain. Dancers, wow. minds. Right? So I was embracing <laughs> stiffness, still getting the action, everybody going, yeah! Working up adrenaline. But I, was, I had put myself to that rigor. So by the time I got to the, the doctors, they were like, no, nothing. Right? No, no therapy. No, nothing could help. So I had to embrace the possibility of hip replacement. Mm-hmm. Right? Wow. Which was was troubling by itself because for a normal person, when you do hip replacement surgery, you know, you're expected to do normal things. Yeah. But that's it. When you're going to do hip surgery, it's like... Stress. First of all, you have, you have taken your body beyond what a normal person would do. So, yeah. right. so doctors have to deal with, deal with things that they may not have seen before. Yeah. And then now I have to adjust to being normal. What is that? Right? Yeah, so, we don't do basic as dancers. So, and so the whole process was protracted from that level. And then the whole process of coming back was, was extended from that level. So, yeah, I had to look at the possibility of never being able to move again or never be able to dance again. Yeah. Right? Um, I think fortunately for me, because I had danced for so long, there was 40 years, 30, 40 years up at that point, I really didn't miss performing, although I would love to perform if I did feel like it. So I, I remember a lot of people feeling very upset for me, and I was like, I was You're only okay. supposed to be dancing for 20 years. I did 40 <laughs> people. Like yeah. Right? You're good. So I was good. But the adjusting now was this new body. So if I had these hips that did all these things and... Oh. I never was able to do backflips anyway or, or <laughs> tremendous splits. But mm-hmm. the things that I would normally do, I had to figure out how to do it now in a normal body, which to me presents an interesting challenge in the sense of, even as a choreographer, how can you create the same aesthetic or communicate the same idea without the high legs and mm, the flexible back? It's right. true. So it presents an interesting idea. But for me, the adjustment is... My new body, which I'm embracing, body positive, my new body, and how do I move forward with this new body? Right. I'm being very grateful for the life that I had, not, not wishing anything to change, but noticing in this transformation that I have this new body and that this body will, ha- will have to do until, the, until NASA calls me for the $6 million <laughs> <laughs> transformation. <laughs> Hope you're listening. <laughs> But I love I love that. um, Can we go a little deeper into choreography Mm -hmm. and how you are able to? Because I've been in a few of your choreographies before, Mm -hmm. and how you've shown that you can still you don't have to do the high leg Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do the splits, Mm -hmm. but you still get the feeling, Mm -hmm. as you say, the silence in the movement. Mm -hmm. Um, How has that changed your skill in choreography, maneuvering around movement? And not being able to show that skillful movement, but more the soulful movement. Well, I think as as a choreographer from the Caribbean, interested in contemporary idioms, I was always interested in presenting stuff that showed my background, right? So that means I would have to be interested in my traditions. I had to be interested in the Caribbean and the Afrocentric expressions. Not to reproduce them, 
but to use that information to create new movement. Mm. So from so if you look at Caribbean movement, it doesn't involve all those things that we would associate with ballet. Yeah, more. you mean like folk right. dance right. and stuff yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the movement is more to the earth, earth. the body's more grounded. Contractions. They do different contractions and things. So if into the feet. So to really push on those aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't require the same rigor. It requires a different rigor of body. Yeah. Because you Especially have to be in crouched positions yeah. a lot of times and you have to be in, in juxtaposing positions all the time. Right. But it didn't affect your body the same way. So how to create those kind of bodies. So I'm grateful to people like Rex Natterford in the first mm-hmm. instance and the Cadco and mm-hmm. Jane Carson and those for beginning to do those explorations and then being part of that movement. Mm-hmm. Right. So Lena Blue and John, John Guy Sanctus and lo- all those people, you know, mm-hmm. who are doing those kind of things. Really looking Lena at Blue our Lena Blue will do like a parallel and mm-hmm. a turn. And because <laughs> it's part of our traditional movement, you know. Yeah. So I mean, and then we just extended it and it, then it makes it relevant to our people, you know, because right. if it's relevant to people not can connect with it. Mm-hmm. So, that was interesting to me from before. So now when I'm out and there's nobody and <laughs> not being able to demonstrate in the same way, I have now to, 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 to articulate, use my, um, use my understanding of anatomy and, dance mm-hmm. and, and movement for social imagery to get the dancers to embody that. So it becomes different in a way. And then the few times that I have been able to perform, apparently my performing career didn't end. They turned into actor after mm. injuries. But um, some of those characters had to move. Right. So I had to figure out how this character in this body had to move. So yeah. mm. it becomes physical. So um, it's just to figure out new ways of moving right. to okay. me. Right. Lovely. That was, that was a lot. <laughs> um, okay, so Gina, tell us about your story. Um, I started dance at the dance place under Elizabeth Bailey and then subsequently Adonia Evelyn and I studied there for most of my life. I stopped. Uh, my father died when I was 10 so I stopped um, dancing altogether just financially. It was like one income and then you know they reached out and offered you know a scholarship. I came back and I came back really not because I wanted to but because I was not handling my father's death very well and I wasn't grieving I wasn't crying I was showing no expression I was just like a robot basically so my mom sent me she was like I'm just gonna put you back in a class you have to go and I was like 12 and it touched me in a way because before I was very like I'm gonna be a vet and I'm so sure I'm gonna do sciences I got my life together this is what I'm doing no deviation um but then when I got there in class I started to feel things like I felt like the physicality and the emotion of expressing yourself through dance really started to like permeate my life and actually created moments of like me randomly crying and stuff. And, and I realized it was me grieving and not being, and dance, you know, creating like a small opening for me to deal with that. So because it did that for me, there was like no choice in the matter. I was like in, I was in my third year at UE. And then they created a dance program. And I was like, I'm switching. In my <laughs> what were you studying before? <laughs> I was studying English. Like, I was going to do like oh. pre-law afterwards. It was so like linguistics or English? No, language? English literature. Oh, okay. I was doing English literature. Okay. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do all these things. Because after science, I, I, I fell out of it. I just didn't really want to do it. So that's why I ended up being like, well, I'll just do English lit. Because I'm good at that. I know I can do that. Mm-hmm. So... When that happened and I saw that program, I was like, well, I'm just going to go into this program. Don't care. I'm just going to do it. And my mother was like, in third year. In my third year. (laughs) This was before they had the year limits. Oh, okay. Right? So (laughs) now they have the year limits. But at that time, I was like, well, I'm going to switch. Switch, you know, was a a very, honestly, it was a very good program. And I went and I had an amazing, I had lots of amazing teachers and I had a wide variety of styles. Obviously, it's a, it was a new program, so there was a lot of organizational issues that were happening. But when I went, I enjoyed it. And then what I noticed then, and this is when it started to be the injury, is that I started to feel exhausted. And, you know, everybody's like, well, you're dancing, you're exhausted. And as a dancer, we tend to erase pain. Mm-hmm. When we're in pain, we yeah. ignore it. I can just ice it. It can be all right. You can just crack me back you know what I mean like we do that <laughs> yeah generally true. we feel we could stretch it out and yes. it'll be fine 
And I was really exhausted. I kept saying how tired I was. And then I realized, when I started dancing, I realized that I could watch and replicate immediately, right? Mm -hmm. So that was like kind of my, it was kind of like photographic memory in a sense. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, she did it like that. So I'll do it like that. And that's how I got along in dance. Mm -hmm. But then I started to realize I was losing that ability, that cognitive function. So I could not remember choreography from class to class. Mm -hmm. And that is vital in dance you can't remember choreography like what's going on i remember i did like something with uh jean rené del swan and he did like four choreographies they were all like 20 minutes long <laughs> and the last one was a flag one and i actually said and i've never done this as a dancer i was like i can't i can't do it and i remember thinking like i felt kind of like a punk like i why am i not Failure. able to do it you know i can't really i should be able to get this done but my mind literally could not handle it and then at the ending of the year i started to have my eyes started hurting me and then i thought they were like maybe it's allergies and then i lost sight completely <gasps> just like what just like that <laughs> like you were blind like blind like could not see and well, it was my right eye. And then the left eye was trying to join it, but it was just the right eye. So then oh it was God. like, all of a sudden, everything stops. You're in hospital. You you don't have, like, I was just well, like. How old were you at this point? I was like, 21? I feel like I was 20. Mm -hmm. I might have been older than that because I did the three years. So I must mm -hmm. have been like um, 23 or mm -hmm. 24 maybe, mm -hmm. right? Which is, you know, later for a dancer, but at the time I had. I had decided to do dance late, so then I had to deal mm -hmm. with the consequences of that. So I did that, and then I was like, I'm in the hospital now, and I have to go into MRI, I have to get all these scans done, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't know what it is. It could be multiple sclerosis, it could be something else. So ultimately, I have like another two years of no diagnosis, basically. Just right now? Like, well, now I've been diagnosed okay. with multiple sclerosis. Oh, By the time, time. Okay. I wasn't. It was just like, we think it could be multiple sclerosis. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And basically, it's like a, it's a disease that attacks the myelin sheath of your nerves. So your nerves are wrapped in this, like, I want to say, like, it's like electrical cord. You know, like if you have the, the yeah. wire and you have that, like, insulation. Yeah. So basically, your body doesn't realize that your body is your body. So it like your and like your antibodies just like start attacking your nerves. It thinks, yeah, so it thinks it's a, a it thinks it's like a foreign body. So then stuff starts to break down. So what had happened was the optic nerve was attacked by my you know the sheath was kind of like being attacked and so it broke down. And so to protect me, my body just shut off the eye nerve altogether. So that happened. Um, and of course, you're given crazy steroids and you're given a lot of very serious drugs. So then when I got out of it as a dancer, now I'm like 20 pounds heavier than I was before. Now I haven't been dancing for quite a long time. And I do remember at that point feeling like, how do you recover from something that prevents you from doing what you love yeah creating that art because now in my mind i'm like well i can't get the auditions i still can't like me i still can't spot to the right mm -hmm. how i can to the left because i i really lost vision in that eye so mm -hmm. it never comes back 100 percent. so there's okay. certain balance things i have problems with mm -hmm. and and there's all this stuff so i'm just thinking how am i going to do this how am i going to do this mm -hmm. and ultimately i just decided you know kind of the mantra what are you waiting for i decided I'm just going to apply to ALE. They'll never take me. This is my... <laughs> this is right? Yeah. At, at that point, point, it was... Oh, I, that was when I felt like I was, you know, dancers, you think overweight, but we're just like regular people. But yeah. at the time, I was like... How old How old were you at that time when you applied to I was to 25. That's kind of old final, for it was old. it was old. It was the last year you could apply. The oldest wow. year you can apply for ALE is 25. That's like pageants. Yeah. <laughs> pageants, Which I think is like, when I think about it, it's very ageist, but I think that's all dance world yes. in general. They're just like, oh, you're above 10, time to retire. Yes. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, so when I did that and I got in, because I had gotten in for the summer program and I was 19 and I didn't have any problems. Mm -hmm. So, and I got in, I was like, okay, I'm going to just do this and dance for as long as I possibly can. And see what can happen for my life. So mm -hmm. what happened was creating 
uh, a space because there's still a part of me that wants to look a certain way, be a type of dancer, and have a certain aesthetic. Uh, what genre of dance did you play for? Well, you don't have a you don't have a choice. Okay, you do you everything. You have to do ballet. You have to do modern. You have to do. Uh, Dunham. Dunham. There's certain techniques that you just are automatically. They want you to be a well-rounded dancer and kind of like dominate in any field. Yeah, so that's kind of the thing. You have mm-hmm. to be able to do everything well. Okay. So, yeah. So when I went there, obviously it's not like Barbados. The choreographies are like 64 sets of eight, and they're <laughs> doing it. If, <laughs> not even like like <laughs> they expect you to remember it, and then they change it. And then they expect you to remember your warm-up exercise for that specific teacher. And you have, like, 20 classes a week. You have wow. 10 different teachers. They all expect you to remember their choreography mm-hmm. and their warm-up and their p- specific thing. So my struggle was I was always exhausted. I always had extra stuff. And at this point, they had still not diagnosed me in Barbados. Oh. I, had to, I had to have another episode of optic neuritis in oh in the states because i had two in barbados and Mm -hmm. there was no diagnosis and then i had to when i moved to the states and i had numbness and the eye thing again Mm -hmm. then they diagnosed me in new york Mm -hmm. so up until that point i just knew i was extremely tired i just knew there was a risk and i was trying my hardest to be the best kind of dancer because you know there is an expectation um that you're supposed to be you know, this type of dance, you're supposed to remember everything, you're supposed to be fair, so you're supposed to have this standard, and I guess mm-hmm. going in, having that standard for yourself, mm-hmm. it was very humbling for me, because I recognized that I couldn't remember, I couldn't Which remember, things. I couldn't, technically I could do things, yeah, I could work on those things, but I, I wasn't um, able to perform on the level that I wanted to, mm-hmm. and um, that was kind of, the hard part of like going through um, the injury, I guess, was being aware of the fact that, yes, you are not going to look like them anymore. You're not going to be able to dance like that anymore. And who are you if not Gina the dancer? Because afterwards, I was able to have a professional career in terms of, surprisingly, I was still able to get into companies. I was still able to... Um, tour mm-hmm. with companies. I still got leading with roles MS. with MS. Wow. Um, I still was able to do those things. Um, but there was kind of like a imposter syndrome going on. Like, you know, I think you got that because, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they felt, you know, they felt a certain way or mm-hmm. maybe I just had a good day or whatever yeah. the case may be. I wasn't, I never ever felt like it was my talent that was necessarily pushing me through which is something that I struggle with especially with MS I feel like I always have to you know prove something in terms of capabilities capabilities Mm -hmm. and 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 then also with every time you get steroids or you go on this medication your weight just like balloons Mm -hmm. so whatever weight you were is going to be like 20 30 pounds more than that and then of course you know Beijing's the greeting is you get fat. <laughs> that is not a greeting. It's, it's not crazy. a greeting. It is not a greeting. It's not a greeting. Don't say that. Okay. Um, but that's very interesting that you said um, one weight change and also being able to prove yourself. Um, I would love to speak about coping mechanisms for both of you guys because um, these injuries are very severe. Like having hip replacement and multiple sclerosis is heavy and to be continuing in the art form is you know like how can you do that what is going on in your mind so before we go into coping mechanisms i'm gonna ask jay <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> can you i might not be as severe as them but you could still give it your injury, um girl. yeah because tell us about your injury okay so um i start off i started dancing from a very young age at dance strikes barbados um, dance was always very important to me and I never saw myself doing anything else and I chose to do this path of being a dancer no matter what, no matter the situation. So I always said I need to study it so that I fully understand it. So I went to BCC here in Barbados. John was my teacher. <laughs> um, and then after that, I went to Edamani College in Jamaica. And during my second year, I was in my modern class. 
it was like maybe like fourth week, so like we've been doing the same thing normally, everything good. I in class and we had this exercise, we have to like sit on the bar and we drop back. I was like, hair pop, right? <laughs> and like my shoulder just, and I've done that exercise like a thousand times, it just was swollen and like the school itself didn't have a set, like because it's an art school, but they don't have a set like emergency plan. So I legit oh. had to take my shoulder and walk <gasps> to the nurse. Oh. And then like the nurse was like, well, I can't leave because like if somebody else comes in, like who's gonna take it? I'm like, but I can't, my shoulder, <laughs> she had me there with ice. And like 20 minutes went, and my shoulder was like, oh, here. So <gasps> she was like, all right, I think you should go to the hospital. And I was like, so how am I going to get there? I'm she not thinks. Like, what's happening? She <laughs> thinks. <laughs> um, I had to call a taxi. I had to walk back to dance school and ask someone to come with me to the hospital because I'm like, I'm not from here. I don't really want to go to the hospital myself. Oh, God. Finding out that I tore like a slight tear right here in my rotator cuff. And exams were in like two weeks. And like my director went with me to the doctor who told me that's what happened. It's and nice. she was like, so I guess you could just go home. And I was just like, you know how much it, it was to, for me to get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of costs. Go home, like, what? I was like, there has to be some other way. Like, I will do class one arm. I'll put on my sling, and I will do everything. Really? Like, you I dance with the sling? I danced with a sling. I did my, because my teachers <laughs> did not play. So I did my planks one hand. I did, like, everything oh. one hand. Which then, obviously, because I work in one hand, this one muscle back here was like, <laughs> <laughs> But, like, um... Yeah, I got through exams. I didn't get I didn't get below B in most of my practical classes. Wow. Like, I was determined not to go home because I was just like, this is not a setback. Like, I can take care of this. I had to. I had a, a physio that actually came to me at school, so like, oh, I was getting therapy during the process. I also do a lot of research. Like, I like to know like what's happening in my body. So like, every night I'd be on YouTube, I'd be on Google, like, how do I like make this better for myself? So like, in a few months, I'm back to where I need to be, mm-hmm. and. It took a long while because I like, just like raising my arm right here was like. Mm-hmm. I think you were in Jamaica for about what, four years now. Um, three, four I years. Would be five because I did mm-hmm. three years of school. Mm-hmm. I came back for a year and then I was living in Jamaica for two years. So then, was the recovery time like three years since that injury? Um, no, I didn't take that long. Honestly, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was so I was so glad I didn't take that long. Within like five months after oh. that, I was okay. like back like going like, push. I'm a push up girl. I like to do push ups. Like to like keep my body strong right for like after that i could not do more than two push-ups and it was like so hard for me wow. like I, <laughs> I was like so mad at myself a lot and i was like but you have to give yourself time i don't like i'm like the no kind of person i don't like mm-hmm. to like yeah. relax and like okay give yourself time mm-hmm. but it was definitely like finding because i want to just get back to the dancer i was before mm-hmm. it was like okay jay you have to take the time to not only because because I was only using one side, this was overdeveloped, and I was like, in a ballet class, and this is after I was also the sling. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Why are you leaning?" I'm just like, oh, "We're doing poses across the floor." And she's mm-hmm. like, "Why are you leaning?" I'm like, "I'm not leaning." She's like, "I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not leaning." What are you talking about? Because you work that body, yeah. That's where your body's and so like, much. she was just like, "Put your arms in front," and like, I was like this uh, naturally. I thought this was straight. Uh, like, actually, that's so why I had to like come back and I get um. Well, I went to the chiropractor and he tried to do something. He was just like, nah, you're too stiff. Like, I actually can't move you. So I had to go um, physio and massage therapy to like. So you had to mm-hmm. reconstruct yourself after constructing yourself to dance on one side because like, of the injury. Work that side one too much and I had to like rebuild and relax but still work at the same time uh, to be able to now I even can, like, it out. Mm-hmm. Be able to use both arms mm-hmm. and be balanced. Okay, so the, the most wow. profound thing about this entire conversation, and I go back to what John said in the beginning, is having um, silence and a pause in the choreography. And that is literally a metaphor or like a literal thing in all of your lives, the silence in your dance of life. And in that silence is where you get time to be introspective and you know think about... If this is really, I really want to do this dancing for real. <laughs> like, do I need to, or can I push through and prove that this is this is my life and this is what I want to do? So, can you tell me quickly your coping mechanisms and journey process of being in the injury itself? Um, what was going through your mind? What do you tell yourself? Were you like journaling, self affirmations? Feeling awful about yourself, um, or did you just like, yeah, whatever? What was happening? Um, I think I you there was a negative coping mechanism, which was kind of getting on top of yourself. I feel like there's a lot of negative t- self-talk as dancers that we 
kind of normalized like even in classes oh it looks so bad trash you know like we just trash talk each other trash talk ourselves <laughs> just like oh my god this leg you know we do that generally and mm. i feel like that also was in life we, we literally judge ourselves because we dance in front of mirror 24 <laughs> 7 so you're looking at yourself like judging yourself yeah all the same yeah i would say that like i had really negative thoughts that i had to like try to get past um i think in terms of coping my coping mechanism was to try to be over prepared in every way mm -hmm. So that I knew that I would fall down in certain things, like in terms of balance or whatever. But I, I tried to like push up my artistry so that you could not outperform me ever. Um, and I tried to, whatever I learned, or I would go home and just be like on top of it, just like repeating it, repeating it. So they get into my muscle memory, mm -hmm. which is different from my regular memory. So I think that's what it was, over preparing and um, yeah. What and the other thing I said, which I now can't remember. <laughs> so, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I literally, because of my injuries, was on crutches for two years. So I did not have a choice in terms of not moving. But what I think, one of the things I was very clear on was that I wasn't going to blame myself or think it was my fault. I was going to face all those things that would have caused me to ignore what was happening, mm. right, and, and address that. The way in which we are such adrenaline junkies, <laughs> you know? It's true. That when we are feeling that energy and we hear the pop, we go, oh, okay. Man, we will get to that another point, and then the more next morning we can, like, uh, <laughs> okay, what was happening. Yeah. And then to be the person for other people that I did not have. Mm -hmm. So like almost immediately, because I was teaching the program and I was actually on break, but I knew there was a program, there was a course called Movement and Self-Awareness. I redesigned that course to really look at therapeutic movement for dancers mm -hmm. because they need that information immediately to learn how to deal with those injuries immediately. And I was a nice person. I remember because Megan used to tell me that Jordan, nice, yeah, nice, you know. Just look how you look at you. I'm just I used to be a nice person, but I decided to be a good person who will tell you the truth. So there were a couple of dancers in our programs who were injured and were trained, and their bodies were deteriorating. I would say, you have to stop. Leave my class. Go and get help. You know, because if somebody had done that for me, maybe things will be different but i'm saying that to say is that we dancers are sadists right we have to address that head on mm. and the only way we can address that head on is look at the places where we mess up our own selves because we right. want to get on that stage yep. we want to be in the spotlight you know we want to be this way but we have to really look at those things and then to look at the places where like you said the the negative criticism that we get from others that we take on ourselves to be so perfect when our leg, your anatomy cannot open up your leg so much. <laughs> your leg is not going to get there. We can make it look like it, but it's not going to get yeah. there. But to know your body and to be body positive, to so know what your body can do and to, like Gina said, work on your artistry, work on your squats, work on the thing that can make your movement unique and develop that. And you'd be surprised that, because in New York, for instance, where I was, everybody could do everything. Everything. So they were looking for the one that we could everything. You, there was a certain thing you would do. Like, I could flex my foot really hard. I can't point, I could flex. And you would be in because yeah. of the thing that you could do and not because of the thing you could do just like everybody, everybody else. else. Ah, so yeah. I think that, I think it's going to cause a revolution if people were to really focus on what they can do well and develop that mm. as opposed to, I mean, a lot of my colleagues in the academies are, you know, trying to find the perfect body and all that. But that, yeah. I think that ship has sailed internationally a long time ago. I don't know. I don't know about that. It all depends. No, if y'all kind of watching the, what World of Dance and um, I know, so think that's, that's not reality. Not no, I don't really. No, but I in the in no no because in the audition process there is a certain aesthetic that they're looking for, mm -hmm. whether or not you know they necessarily admit it i do feel like there's this kind of yeah and maybe part of my thing was yeah i'm never going to be the 
principal dancer, ABT, or Avenity, but I can be the choreographer who decides what I'm going to be doing with my body. Right. I was so I deliberately chose to be part of a pioneering group. So I ended mm-hmm. up with Fist and Heel, for instance. I ended up with Marty's Yearby in New York. Mm-hmm. I really always wanted to work with that guy. What's his name? Marnie Zaney and the black guy. Bill T. Jones. Bill T. Jones. Oh, yeah, I actually made like, a, okay. I actually made a fourth cut. Yeah, fourth cut. Awesome. People talk about audition process. I I didn't get the final cut, but I didn't. I I got the fourth cut. I hit a lot real. Hit a lot real sad. Hit a lot real sad when you tell me you have to go because I was like the biggest guy and the rest of the dancers in the group could not handle me. Yeah, I was saying all right, and then he called me back, but I didn't go. So I'm saying that to say that we go, we we go. We have to rethink how we think about ourselves in order to survive. This very harsh <laughs> reality that is the dance world, you know? Yeah. And what is true. beautiful about this community is that we have enough variety of people from different things and enough appreciation that we could do that. Mm. But the injury really? thing oh. is a serious thing. The, all, the problem is, though, that there is, and there is a certain level of pushing yourself beyond what you think is your limit mm. and in order to improve. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to do point and every time it hurts, you come down. You are never going to progress right. to certain so point, there's, right? So there's, 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 there's discomfort and there is pain. But well, I think we know what pain is because if you have to say how painful is it, it we already gone past acknowledging the pain to <laughs> acknowledging how much pain we can take. You know? I don't know if that's necessarily true. I feel like when we do these things as dancers, because we are always suppressing our pain receptors, we always ignore pain and we always have to make everything look Beautiful, even mm-hmm. if it's supposed to be ugly, it starts wow. to be beautifully ugly. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just We're feel like performing. right, and I feel like because of that, like I had a back injury. I just had back surgery in June. I was doing full dance classes, and they literally were like, "Your slip disc is like a second from like collapsing, coming out completely. Like, how are you walking?" <laughs> literally, when I came in, they were just like, they checked my file twice. They were like. This is Gina Mears, right? This is your MRI. Like, how are you walking? How are you still able to be not on crutches, running, have a cane? That's what the doctor said too. When, like, <laughs> and as you should, dancers, you should be thinking like immediately come now, you know. <laughs> and as, but as dancers, we know how to hold ourselves. Our my core muscles will have to be a, a, a asset, right? To keep my body together. So Align. I think we we give ourselves a lot of credit, but we also use that to diminish the reality. Of pain. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess my my thing that I'm trying to make is that I I think there's like a fine line between. Like pushing yourself to your ultimate limit to achieve um, something, greatness, and and then there's I'm dancing, fully injured, and I know, <laughs> and I don't, That's and I crazy. just want to get this step. Yeah. Like really and truly, you know, there's like it's so thin that like sometimes I myself don't know when I'm pushing also myself. The community past I, I, I a remember, certain limit. I remember, for instance. Walking before my surgeries, and I remember, you know, you start off thinking walk out right. By the time you get down Broad Street, you're like walking forward, <laughs> you're like, like this, and then everybody's saying, "John, you okay?" But nobody's saying, "John, you look real popped down." And then I remember after having the first surgery that. I didn't know that you're like, I forgot how loose your hip was supposed to feel after that. Just like, <laughs> right? Because I had spent all my time blocking that information out of my head. Yeah. Blocking that information. Like you literally have um, parts of your brain that can function to block pain. So I going really forward now, loving the conversation, um, what advice would you have for persons um, dealing with, to prevent an injury, one, and persons who have an injury, what advice would you have for them? Um, it could be anything. Firstly, tell me how to prevent an injury. I know that none of you could really prevent, listening to your stories, you could have never prevented the injury. For yeah, me, sure. preventing my injury was never, I shouldn't have never done on concrete, firstly. And <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> we could talk about that yeah. for another session. Yeah. 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 professionals that's are here a, as well as the venue operators. <laughs> <laughs> But um, <laughs> what, what advice would you have for a person to prevent an injury? Like knowing how you 
or the things that you need to warm up before a class because like not everybody needs to I guess the first thing that happens when people come in the studio before they like go in second and stretch over but like it's hamstrings and I guess like hamstrings are important but like yeah. warming up like it bothers Literally, your feet yeah. or like even just your you arms you need to like, run though to like heat up the muscles yeah well, everybody can run because like me my shins have been done like years ago like oh. feel like <laughs> so um, like running it's a lifestyle never. I think Mm-hmm. To your point, because mm. in my time, <laughs> it would be yoga in the mornings right. and weight training for certain areas that need to be developed. Then swimming, Whoa. and I ain't get Good to time. the I ain't get to the class to one. Yeah. and then there's a ritual. So like you said, the, the things are on, and I'm going through this like like a prayer. Mm-hmm. And everybody feel who he feels if he met himself, but. You know, <laughs> I am I am looking at the moment where I'm going to be called by the Cadco or going to be called by a group in New York, and they don't really care that I come in from Barbados without classes. So it's like your whole life is set up for the purposes of getting that class, learning as efficiently as possible, and for executing well. So you can't afford to be you can't afford to be injured. Hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that I don't have to take seriously. I see up to now people come to the class, they get their phones and they go. And they talk. We warming up, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, in their second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can tell. You can tell that they're not on their leg. That they're not in their bodies from from the bar, right? From the so, bar, yeah. Um, so it's it's something that I think you know you know who is serious by the way they come the to class. the class space, yeah. to the space. So last question, because everybody here has a type of injury, has experienced an injury. What is your future plans in the dance world? Um, do you, like John, he's in the teacher, choreographer, mentor role. Um, as you said, you've started this program where you have a mentorship or telling persons this is a therapy, a dance therapy session. No, what I was saying is that uh, when I was teaching at community college, I helped huh. develop or revisit one of those programs. To do okay. That. Um, generally speaking, though, yeah, yeah, there are other ways to contribute to the arts besides performing. Mm-hmm. So I've been involved in producing and various things, including the Barbados Dance Project, um, working with Hi, Barbados Jamal. Dance Theater. Hey. Uh, so there's various things like that. But, you know, there's still the elusive, when am I going to get a real job thing? Yeah. Some money. Really? That is <laughs> you so tell us that's that's training. Training. for the arts. Is there a program no, of that? Okay. But um, still, <laughs> still asking me what my real job is. But I think that in terms of, like you said, creating a good environment, it's just to really re- re- refocus being body positive, mm. really focus, focus on listening to your body, to really take the time to say, look, I'm not ready for that lift. I'm mm. not ready to lift you. Mm. I'm not ready for you to do this particular movement. True. Uh, I don't really understand the mechanics of it, so yeah. I don't want to hurt myself. Because, you know, in the past, we would go for it. Let's go yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also a me. fear of, like, yeah. the choreographer feeling like you're not working Capable hard. Because I, have been, I was lifted yeah. with injuries and stuff. And I was just like, I really can't do this right now. But they're like, but I need to see the lift. So my big, my, my big lesson was going to a rehearsal injury, and the choreographer said, "Well, if you could come to the rehearsal, you could do it. So you could do it." So, do it. Yeah. so I learned, <laughs> don't go to rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> that right yeah, now. that was my lesson right there. But but people are afraid to do that because they want things. So yeah. we really have yeah. to work on this part where our people who are the producers and the choreographers have mm. to listen to their dancers as well because mm. you need the dancers to communicate yeah. the idea. Mm-hmm. So we need to work on that. But the dancers themselves also need to treat oh. themselves well. Yeah. Facts. Is, is so it's a mutual thing. Mm-hmm. Choreographer and dancer. And you listen I listen to your body. Even after injuries for me, it's about okay, so my, I can't do this right yet, but what are the exercises I need to do or the things I need to do? And when your body gets a little better, it will tell you mm-hmm. when it's ready, it, when it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think therapy is important. Taking long breaks are important. And having people understand and maybe even support you whilst you're taking those breaks because you want to come back as Fresh. healthy as possible. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Um, so in terms of what I'm doing now in teaching, yeah. I'm, more, I'm mostly right now, I, well, COVID has kind of shut down everything. But um, before that, I was teaching mostly and doing some choreography and choreography for like children shows um that they're like young adults too to like 17 18 so yeah so I've been doing that that has been really helpful for me just trying to now I'm like in a different space 
to kind of be sympathetic um, in terms of, you know, the old, there was kind of like an old school way of teaching, and I try to kind of switch it up. Yeah, try to recognize that there were some things that were positive about that in terms of discipline and in terms of respect, but also there was a lot of dancing injured and not listening to your body and just pushing through regardless of even if the leg was dangling at the side, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And try to find a balance of that. So that's been interesting for me to figure out like my teaching style and trying to blend the things that I think worked best for me mm -hmm. to create the next generation of dancers ultimately. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Mine's a little different because I'm still uh, right now in dancing. that dancing. Yeah. And well, what's upsetting for me, I am very grateful for the space that I'm in right now, which is Lakadco in Jamaica under Dr. Steins. But I wish I could be home doing exactly what I was doing in Jamaica. I wish that there was there were companies maybe here. Like the whole the whole thing is just kind of wish I could do what I love in my own country, but I'm making it work in the Caribbean. I I chose to be in the Caribbean rather than the UK or the States because I feel like as a black person, the black identity and dance is missing in the Caribbean. We all want to go to the States and go everything and do that type of dance. But I feel like you think our it's voice, missing in the Caribbean or is in the Caribbean? I think it is. There are people pushing for it, but there mm. there's still dancers and young dancers growing up not even seeing the importance of their Caribbean voice on a whole. And it's correct. It's <laughs> correct. It's correct. Okay. Yeah. Very rare living, what you call it, trans European lives. Very much so. Uh, Privileged in the modern and the ballet and the high legs and the turns. Yeah. You think so? And there's lots of other information that we could tap into. But yeah. All right, again, as I said, no. Quick question. Yes. <laughs> Not injuries, but I love African dance. I love Caribbean folk. Mm -hmm. I love that's just my heart and soul. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I grew up on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what my by twenty five classes are surrounded by. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. don't really necessarily favor the Afro beats kind of style. Okay. I don't favor the. Um, I'm not a ballet dancer. I don't favor like a modern, and then you add in like a hip hop, and like, I don't like the mix. You know, the hip play. Like I don't, I don't like. That's just not my thing. I am, I'm really like into like rooted kind of Afro Caribbean African thing, and so when you say. Like in the Caribbean, we are like you know privileged all this modern and stuff. It feels as though we're going away from you know Just where we started. I find also it's not necessarily the, the genre of dance; it's the stylization of the dance. Right. So, so you're missing the the technique of the actual. No, well, not really the technique, mm -hmm. but the aesthetic. The aesthetic of it and the stories that Caribbean. they're telling. Because yeah. we, we could dance ballet, but don't go look like yeah, because yeah. yeah. our bodies but aren't constructed our like that. Are, our, our stories are aren't, 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 aren't yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, we we seem to always deny our own heritage and our own movement and our own vocabulary. Our own vocabulary. Right. And our own bodies. Our mm. own bodies. We seem to eliminate. You want the body <laughs> right. to be thin. You want it to be lift. You to want look it, like want it to look a certain yeah. yeah. And I remember even I choreographed. I won't say who, but I choreographed <laughs> a popular floor show, which they're still using my choreography today. Um, and I put in an entire, like, land ship section. And they took it out. They said it just wasn't marketable and that that's not what people want to come and see. And then when I really think about all the other floor shows I did, there really wasn't Nothing. a land ship portion of the performances. When I'm thinking back of all the floor shows at all the different places. And I love and a land ship. Sorry, I love land ship. And I, I, I put it in and then <laughs> it was interesting for them to just say, no, we don't like this. And then later on, they then created a dance hall section. And I just felt like this is not Barbadian. And this is not a Barbadian aesthetic. It's not even a Jamaican aesthetic, the dance hall that they did. Sorry. <laughs> for sure. Wait. <laughs> Do not call out. No, Do not. There is no, no slander here. No <laughs> Do not call out. About to get messy. <laughs> Real messy. But okay, And then cool. I just remember watching it and just thinking to myself, but yes, I understand that Jamaica has had an impact on us. They're very close to us. Everybody, you know, reggae and dance hall has a Both very serious impact mm -hmm. on us. But I also am just like, but we have our landship is an actual Barbadian and specific dance. I think there are moves to food as well that we could and exactly. and, you Spooge. know, stuff you know, like they, that. There are things, but you they're not really seen as mm -hmm. 
you know, marketable or... But yeah. funnily enough, overseas, they are. Because I had to teach, and I remember... And I'm generally... My background is more modern at ballet. Mm-hmm. So I, they were just like, oh, we should teach a Barbadian folk dance. And I was just like, what am I going to teach? I had to like pull back, you know, Mr. Carson. I had to like call him up. I was like... And they really appreciated it actually more... Than what? some of the other things that I was doing, mm. so cool. She has a point. The things that make you the same, right? Yeah, lovely. Okay, so what I take away from this entire conversation is one: know your identity as a dancer, especially if you lose a part of you, you can gain something else from that. Mm-hmm. Which is either one side of your arm, like working more than the other. That's a choreography. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that whole yeah. During that time, I built a lot like, on myself, just yeah. being able to feel the restriction and not feel blocked by the right. restriction. restriction. Mm-hmm. If it's a case where you know cannot move as much as you can, but no, you don't have to do the legs and the turns, but you can keep grounded and you can maneuver around whatever movement you can do and make African, that fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes, be more African. Mm-hmm. Or if it's Gina being just pushing it through, you know, yeah. fighting through all your battles and, and you know, that negative self talk can like slowly swift away and you know that you know you're capable of being the best dancer that you can be. Um, so yeah. thank you guys so much for this conversation. This was Yay. so good. Round of I appreciate applause. all of you. This was a really good discussion and I think that we could take away so many bits from this and we can definitely feel inspired from this one because mm-hmm. this was inspirational in some way that to see you're still in the dance world flourishing and doing stuff although you're injured. So yeah. thank you very much, Thanks. and I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>